the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here in chapter 31 of Genesis, we have a rather unique scene that plays out in front of us. It seems as though on the way out of town, as Jacob takes his family and all that he owns and finally leaves Laban, his wife, his favorite wife, brings along a couple of household idols. That is where we pick up today, right where we left off yesterday in our study of Genesis 31. Laban is hot on their trail. He wants those idols back. Well, it is there that we catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely for today's broadcast of study verse by verse. Now, the teraphim, or household gods, were small carved figures, small enough to fit under the and be hidden by a camel's saddle. Now, people ask the question, well, why in the world did she steal them? Well, there could have been several reasons. According to the Newsy tablets that were found, I think, in the 1930s or thereabout, the possession of the family gods strengthened your claim to an inheritance. And then there was another possibility, and that is that uh, we'd already mentioned that Laban divined or used divination and that these were used in divination. According to Ezekiel 21 and Zechariah 10, the images were consulted in order to learn what a person should do in a particular situation. And so by stealing them, Rachel was thwarting his ability to use them in trying to detect the family's departure. Or perhaps it was just genuine spite that Rachel was demonstrating her contempt for Laban's gods. But because she claimed to be unclean, uh, she escaped detection for the trouble with her father. And the reason for that is that even wildly suspicious Laban uh, would never imagine such a sacrilege for his gods. See, among the ancients, the way of women considered it was to be a state of impurity and contaminating. And so this was really Rachel intentionally showing contempt for the gods of Mesopotamia. She was showing them as worthless and unclean. And by the way, this is again another picture of what happened some 400 years in the future to the defamation of Egypt's gods and the pl- during the plagues of Egypt. So at this point in the story, Jacob knew that he was innocent, that God was on his side, and now he can no longer stay silent. Jacob was angry and took Laban to task. What is my crime? He asked Laban, what sin have I committed to you that you hunt me down? Now that you've searched through all my goods, what have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of your relatives and mine and let them judge between the two of us. So 20 years of being used and abused, the pent-up frustration is now being released. And according to the Mesopotamian law, the fact that Laban was unable to prove his accusations provided presumptive proof that Jacob was innocent. And so, armed with the leverage of his innocence, he unloaded on Jacob what is his longest speech in the book of Genesis. He says, I've been with you for for 20 years now. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. 
I did not bring you animals torn by a wild beast. I bore the loss myself. And you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night. And sleep fled from my eyes. And it was like this for 20 years I was in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks. And you changed my wages 10 times. What he's saying is, I have been a very good shepherd. Miscarriages were not uncommon. But because of his careful attention, there hadn't been any miscarriages. And it was a common practice for shepherds to eat of the flocks of which they cared for. But Jacob would not eat of Laban's flocks, only of his own. And it was customary that when uh, one of the flock was attacked by a wild animal, the remains would be brought to the owner. And the owner would recognize the loss and bear that loss rather than the shepherd. But Jacob paid for every loss. And and Laban had no less than ten times changed his agreement with Jacob, each time trying to prevent Jacob from prospering and trying to get more for himself. But the most important thing about Jacob's speech was how he gave honor to the Lord. If the God of my father... The God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been with me. You would have surely sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands. And last night, he rebuked you. Now, he did this speech in the presence of not only Laban, but all of the family. And Laban, now that he has an opportunity to talk, can't say anything in response, denying these claims and charges. And so he redirects attention by changing the subject. Laban answered Jacob, the women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. But because of God's warning of the dream, his inability to substantiate his accusations against Jacob, and Jacob's forceful defense, he knew that he was beat. And so he tried to save face by painting himself as a peacemaker and proposed a mutual covenant of non-aggression. Yet what can I do today about these daughters of mine or about the children they have born? Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. He said to his relatives, gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap, And they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jigar Sahurutha, and Jacob called it Galeid. Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me today, and that's why it's called Galeid. It was also called Mizpah, because he said, may the Lord keep watch between you and me when we're away from each other. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take any wives beside my daughters, Even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. He's making accusations against the character of Jacob. And so this heap of stones was to bear witness to this covenant. Mizpah means watch post. And the word absent in the phrase, when we're absent from each other, translates a word meaning to hide or conceal. And in this context, what it means is, is when we're not able to see each other, may God be watching. So in spite of these oaths, neither Jacob nor Laban trusted each other, and so they had to trust God to watch out over them 
and keep them from harming each other. So this monument is not a monument to love and trust, but rather suspicion and fear. Now, the fact of the matter is Jacob didn't need any treaties because God was watching out for him and protecting him. But if this treaty would keep his father-in-law away, let's go with the treaty. That's fine with me. Laban also said to Jacob, here is this heap and here is the pillar I have set up between you and me. Actually, it wasn't him. It was Jacob. This heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not go past this heap to your side to harm you. And that you will not go past this heap and pillar to my side to harm me. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. And so this was to be a demarcation line that neither side was to cross with the intent of causing harm. So Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac. He offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. And after they had eaten, they spent the night there. And by the way, this is the first use of the word sacrifice in Genesis. We've already encountered the expression burnt offering, but this is actually the first use of the word sacrifice. Eating a a meal together was an Eastern custom when you created a binding agreement. And and so by the close of this day, uh, Jacob was offering sacrifices and invited his relatives to join in this meal. He wanted to bring honor to the God who had protected and provided for him. Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren, his daughters, and blessed them. And then he left and returned home. And nothing more in scripture is mentioned of either him or his sons, which is probably the Lord showing him great mercy because he is the unfortunate example of a worldly and covetous man who knows about the true God and has witnessed God's power and blessing and protection in the lives of others, but instead has chosen the path of idolatry and covetousness making a priority the material possessions of this world and ultimately receiving neither. Where is he today? Dead and gone. Where is possessions? Somewhere else. He, uh, he's a sobering warning to those who are semi-religious, but really just self-worshipping and self-seeking men and women today. So what does this story tell us? Well, it tells us the story of how God took a poor man who had been enslaved and exploited and made him free and rich and was now leading him to the promised land. And so what we have here in Jacob's life is like a mini preview of redemptive history a picture of what was going to take place some 400 years in the future in Israel's exile in Egypt. Just as Jacob's family multiplied with Laban, under Laban, so also the tribes of Israel would multiply under Pharaoh. And just as Jacob would prosper and plunder Laban, so also Israel would prosper and plunder under the Egyptians. And here Jacob's family flees from Laban, and there a multitude of his descendants flee from Pharaoh. And here Laban is required to let Jacob's family go, and there Pharaoh is forced to let his descendants go. And just as God would have to protect and free Jacob from Laban and clear the way to the promised land, so also 
God would have to protect and free Israel from Pharaoh and open the way to the promised land of Canaan in the Exodus. So you can see here, it's a picture of what's to come. But that is a picture of something that is yet to come. And what I'm speaking of is the rapture. This is another foretaste or foreshadow of what Christ does for his people in the exodus of the cross. The exodus that believers are going to find in Christ, who is the ultimate Israel, who plunders the kingdom of Satan and leads his people out of bondage and slavery and death into the eternal kingdom of light and life. It is always a joy to be able to go to books like Genesis and see Christ in the midst of it all. The shadows that God lays out for us in his historical narrative to give us a glimpse into his future. If you have questions about our program, as always, stop by our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You'll also find out just exactly where we're located, our service times, and how to get here. It's all there on our website, highlands.us. Have a great weekend. Be found in the Lord's house. And we'll see you back here Monday for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.